Hi, I'm Jenny Friedman. And I'm Brett Thornhill. And this is Technicolor Mindset. Welcome, everybody. Good to be with you today. Jenny, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Good to be with you again as well. What are we going to talk about today? Well, you and I have talked about this before off air, and uh, we may have even in our previous podcast, I'm sure this came up from time to time because it's a pretty common topic with a lot of clients that we both deal with. Um, the issue of self-esteem and how self-esteem tends to interconnect with ADHD and with any sort of you know, cognitive challenges or any, any sort of workplace challenges, home life challenges that people tend to experience. It, it really does a number on your self-esteem and sometimes we don't even realize it. Oh, well, absolutely. In fact, I'd say most of the people that I work with suffer from self-esteem issues. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I kind of know that from personal experience. It's not that it's exclusive to ADHD, but I do remember, you know, I always say one of the advantages of being diagnosed with ADHD later in life was that I have a very clear understanding and memory of what life was like before my diagnosis. And now that I understand what ADHD is, I know how much of my self-esteem issues, and I had significant self-esteem issues, how much of it stemmed from the ADHD. Now I know that at the time I had no clue, but now I know how much it stemmed from the ADHD. And the other thing is many people who have these self-esteem issues, nobody from the outside looking in would ever think so. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, even me growing up, I was very shy mm -hmm. and you know, I came from a loving family. So there's no reason why anybody would think that my self-esteem was so low. I don't even know why it was so low. But think about it. I mean, the mere name of it, it's self-esteem. So it really doesn't matter the esteem that others hold you in. I mean, it, I won't say it doesn't matter. It, it, you know, you can have self-esteem issues regardless of the esteem that others hold you in. So if you come from a loving family, it doesn't have to have anything to do with that. It doesn't, have, it doesn't mean you had a bad childhood. It doesn't mean anybody's mistreated you in any way. It doesn't mean people treat you badly. It doesn't mean that people don't respect you. It's how we see ourselves and, and how we believe in ourselves. Because sometimes people can outright tell you that you're good at something or that you're a good person or that they respect you or they respect your work. And we just flat out don't believe it. Well, this is the other thing. If you're trying to develop a healthy, positive self-esteem, you're not going to get that from other people. No. Compliments do not actually do that. No. The only thing that does that is to apply yourself like this agency and sense of like trying to do something, right? And then you succeed on any level. I mean, when you're little and you're trying to tie your shoe, mm -hmm. and when you finally tie your shoe, that's like another brick in your self-esteem wall. It's like that's how it works. Well, it's funny you should say brick because, <laughs> and I almost, I almost hear you as soon as you said brick kind of go, uh-oh, I said brick. Why? No, why? No, because you know my, my whole bricks and mortar analogy, right? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Well, but you use brick as analogous to self-esteem and, and I always use mortar as a self-esteem piece, but it's true. Look, both your own self-worth, your own self-esteem, and the esteem of others is important, okay? Both of these play a role in how you see yourself and how you live your life and, and whether or not you thrive. They're both important. And I think that if you have the greatest self-esteem in the world, but nobody else respects you and nobody else sees you and nobody else holds you in high esteem, then that's not great either, right? 
No, I could think of some people like that. And it's... Right, <laughs> right, exactly, right? We, we, I'm sure we, really? I'm sure we can right now. We won't go there. So I always say that building your life is like building a structure out of bricks and mortar. And you can't have one without the other and have a solid structure. So you're, the bricks are what I call the reinforcement from others, from outside. The confidence you get from what others say to you, how others treat you, whether or not other people respect you, uh, whether they approve of you, all of these things. That's the bricks, okay? You can stack brick upon brick upon brick upon brick upon brick. You can build a huge, massive life. What happens when you put a whole pile of bricks on top of each other with no mortar to hold them together? The higher you build it, the bigger you build it, the more fragile it becomes, right? You know, you can blow it over. You can go one little finger. You can tip the whole thing down. Contrary to that, the mortar is the self-worth, the self-esteem, the stuff that comes from you. And the mortar holds the bricks together. But if you just have mortar, if you don't have bricks, you have a gooey mess. You got a gooey mess, right? So you've got oh, this big flat kind of. I have a thought. I'm willing to wait for it. So it's more, it's even more than you doing something and feeling like I did that and getting that sense of accomplishment that that fosters a healthy self-esteem. It's also, you have to create the space for reflection on yourself. Mm -hmm. You have to sort of, you know, you build your self-awareness by giving yourself the time and space, looking back and saying, well, that's how I felt about it, but then what did I do that made that happen? And Because otherwise you go through life not really, if you don't take time to notice what you're doing well and what you're, not doing well, then at the end of, let's say, by the time you're 10 mm -hmm. <laughs> or 20 or 30 or 40, now each decade we tend to do some reflecting back, but you miss things. You miss them because in the moment they may not seem like a big deal because maybe everybody else can tie their shoe. So it doesn't seem like a big deal, mm -hmm. but it was a really big deal for you. Mm -hmm. So if you could take time to sit there and and say, wow, you know, my effort, it's sort of like taking time to acknowledge your efforts. Absolutely. That's what the mortar is. It's the ability to be able to accept and acknowledge your own progress, your own successes, your own strengths to help you build self-confidence, to help you build self-esteem. And as opposed to building your life based on just the thoughts and the impressions and the, uh, the adulation of others, you know, which, as I said, the bigger you build it, the more fragile it becomes. When you put the mortar in, the bigger you build it, the stronger it becomes. So the mortar is really key to holding together everything else. You can have all the adulation of others that you want, but if you don't feel self-worth, then you're actually building a pretty fragile life. Right. And we know with ADHD especially that you don't tend to naturally take time to self-reflect. Absolutely. Not only do you not take time to self-reflect, but even when somebody else acknowledges your strengths, your abilities, your qualities, your admirable qualities, we don't even want to believe it because we're very busy focused on the negative stuff, right? And the other thing, just one more thing I want to say about the bricks and mortar and then we're going to move on. Okay. The other way that this analogy works is that, you know, as I said, first of all, the bigger you build it, if you have the mortar in place, the stronger it gets and so the weaker it gets. And you ever try to put mortar between two bricks that are already put together? You can't do it. So a lot of people go backwards and they try to achieve some of that self-worth as a way of repairing. And it's not just self-worth. It can be family. It's the stuff within you. You know what I mean? That's what makes up the mortar. 
So you can't use it for repairs. It's hard to use for repairs once the bricks are already built. So you got to kind of do it as you go. You know, there's a balance between both. So if you're someone that has a bunch of bricks already laid up on each other, then you just have to start the brick and mortar on top of that? Well, it just points to the fact that it's hard to go backwards. Like you have to kind of think about the now and moving forward. If we spend too much time thinking about the past, that's a tough job. Trying yeah. to jam mortar between two bricks in the past is a tough job. So that's when you just hire someone to come and put stucco all around it. Who knows? You know, I mean, it, it can be, <laughs> but it, it can be used to, you know, sometimes it can be used to repair relationships that you've had, damage that you've done, maybe decisions you've made in the past that you feel bad about. It's a good way to be able to move forward. I do think it's easier to learn from the lessons of your past, right? So that you move forward, right? reflecting and going, it may not be the same exact person or situation, but the next time you're in a situation or with a person, you can be informed. Right. Because the other thing, we won't even get into this today because this is another show, but at some point I want to do a show on past, present, and future. I've been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of working on that lately, and it's something that I want us to talk about. This is not really the, the thing, but just to touch on it quickly, when you experience your past after it's happened, there's just a lot of choice in how you experience that. We have a lot more choice than we think we do. I'll just leave it at that right now, and that's something we'll come back to later. Oh, that's a teaser. That is a teaser, but it's something we'll come <laughs> back to. And I've been playing with that lately, and I've been playing with it with clients, and it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's hitting home. With so I'd like to leave people with like one or two actionable things they could actually do to work on in this next week to start to build, you know, with mortar. So to start to build some of their own self-esteem and it's not just self-esteem, but some of their own self-worth, some of their own, you know, I always say, where do you get your juice? And you can get your juice from other people or you can get ju your juice from yourself or you can get your juice from a combination of both, which is, I, th I think is healthy. That's the bricks and mortar, right? Yes. Here's my suggestion, which is going to sound very boring, but try it. <laughs> try it. I'm just saying, try it. That's a great sell job there, Jenny. I, I am the warning label on the package. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sure it won't be boring. I'm not saying that you have to journal like a big chore and write everything out, but you could bullet point at the end of the day, how did your day go? And when you go, well, this was fine. You know, work was okay. It was really cool that I finished a day ahead of time before the boss wanted the project. And, and that's your little win. Just star it, mark it, acknowledge it. Because you're going to forget. We discount. We yeah. discount these little wins. In the moment, yeah, that felt really good. But by Friday, you've forgotten it. Because by Friday, you got a whole bunch of other stuff that you got to work on. So this way, if you, you're feeling down and worthless, you can go back and look at your little bullet of bullets of wins and be like, you know what? Yeah. I actually worked really hard this month. It just, right. I forgot. And don't, you know, in that sense, you're not forgetting and you're building an awareness about it. And like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm not one who, some people love to journal. They thrive on journaling. I am not one of those people. I will take a tablet like I'm showing you right now and just right. and write bullet points. To me, that's so like notes. And yeah. no. Yeah. It, it, I, don't, I don't journal either. And, and to build on that a little bit, first of all, I'd add to it by saying that very few of us have big wins. Sometimes we have big wins, yes, and they're great when they happen, but they don't happen every day, right? Big like wins a, are rare. A woman in, in Massachusetts just won $748 million. That's, right, so a, that's big a win. That's a big financial win. 
Who knows yeah. what it's going to do to her life? It may not be a big win. Who knows? You know, <sighs> who knows? Hard to say. It would be uh, for me. You, you know, you define, everybody defines what's a win for them, I guess. But the point is not that we have big wins every day that we can. So if we don't pay attention to the little wins, then we don't pay attention to anything. Because if we just wait for the big wins to come, they don't come every day, right? They don't come every week. They may not come every month. So Sometimes I'd say they don't that, come every decade. <laughs> right? so, so I'd say that, you know, that's one reason to concentrate on the little wins. The other thing is that even if you don't journal, a lot of people tend to make lists of things that they need to do or tasks that they have or things they want to accomplish, maybe even goal lists, whatever. But those lists are always forward thinking. They're always, this is what I need to do. Stuff comes up as the day goes on and we end up doing things that weren't on our list. And because they're not recorded, because they weren't part of our list, sometimes they get completely discounted. So I always encourage people, look, if you do things that weren't on your list that just came up out of nowhere, write them on your list, put them on your list just so you can scratch them out. Yeah. That way done the list. Day, yeah. A to done list, you know, as well as a to do list. Yeah. And I do that all the time because first of all, I get great joy in scratching out something that I've done. So if I've done something, I want the exercise of scratching it out. It's reinforcement. It's, it just gives me energy. It motivates me to carry on. And at the end of the day, you can not have accomplished anything on your list just because way leads unto way and we don't know how our day is going to go. But you've been busy all day and you've been productive all day, but you're discounting it all because I didn't get anything done on my list. You got a crap load of stuff done. It just wasn't on your list. So don't forget about the things that you did that you didn't plan. You know, if you only focus on the things that, that you do that you had within your plan, you're going to be automatically discounting a lot of stuff that you get done. So those are the two things. So one is the wins. You can write them down, like take time at the end of the day to reflect back on your day or the end of the week, maybe. But I, I really think every day would be good. Mm -hmm. And to your point, throughout the day, as you're doing things, write them down and scratch them through so you are getting that reinforcement. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be two different things. I mean, they could be two different things, but they don't have to be. Yeah. It could be as you're doing stuff like, oh, I did this. So that by the end of the day, you see, oh, wow, I did 20 things, even though I, I set out to do five. And then when you're reflecting back at the end of the day, maybe some of those things you scratched off. Yes, you did them and you can look back and feel good that you had an accomplished day. Mm -hmm. But what one thing in there really makes you feel like I did something I'm proud of most. And that could be your win that you're going to write down. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I don't think it's something that we cover here in a, in a podcast episode, but I, I think it's something that I know that I experience a lot with my clients and you probably do too. And it takes a little time to work through it is becoming comfortable with accepting the acknowledgement of others. Many people with ADHD have a great deal of difficulty with that, as you said, because we tend to focus on the things that we can't do instead of the things we can do. And it's a process to get used to that. Like there are things you need to break through in order to be able to get used to the idea of just saying thank you and acknowledging when somebody says something nice about you instead of arguing with them. I know I say it's called thank you and shut up. Right. And that's all you need to do is say thank you and shut up. But it, it's important that you believe that thank you. I mean, you know, I used to say the same thing. And then I had, a, uh, I spoke with a client who said, oh yeah, I say thank you all the time, but I don't really mean it. I don't really, you know, I don't believe it. I say thank you to just, just to be polite, but I'm not saying thank you because I'm acknowledging the compliment. And I thought, okay, so that, that's a loophole, right? <laughs> and you got to close that loophole because if you're going to say thank you, you've got to mean it. Therefore, you've got to be appreciative of what the person is saying and appreciative of the truth of what the person is saying. So it can't just be an exercise that you do. I mean, it is something you need to practice to get good at, but think about what they're saying, acknowledge it, 
acknowledge the truth of it and then say thank you. It could go on your list at the end of the day. Absolutely. So this was interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't think we could talk about it enough. It does seem to be something that really gets in all of our ways um, because it rears its ugly head all the time, you know, with insecurity. And so the way we can sort of fight against that shore up our self-esteem. Absolutely. Bricks and mortar. (laughs) Don't forget the mortar. That was fun, Brett. Thanks. All right. Great. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Thank you.